Welcome to Canoe. I'm Junior. And I'm Jordan. We're two pastors, but don't worry, we're not going to preach. Nah, we think the best conversations happen on a canoe, especially ours. So whether you're on a run, in the kitchen, or on your commute, grab a paddle, hop in the canoe. Let's navigate a river together. We are back from a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks, but we are back. Well, for now. Junior, I don't know if you know this, but we're not doing too hot on that download of 30,000. Yeah, what what are we at? We're only at 17. 17,000? 17,000, it's not looking good. All right, well, it looks like this is our last season, but that is okay. It's all right. Because it's not over yet. And we'll finish strong because that is just what we do. And as with every river in season three, we've been starting with the word of the river. Because, well, slang is everywhere. And let's face it, if we can't keep up, we're not cool. And if you're not cool, what are you? What's life really about? And today's (laughs) word of the river is whip. Whip. This is a pretty old word, Junior. I'm I'm pretty sure we didn't really need to make this a word of the river. Most people know that whip means car. Not me. The other day, I was leaving the office with uh, Jansen. He's our worship pastor. In fact, okay. he's been on one of our river for Anxiety River. Yeah. And he said to me, as we were walking out to the parking lot, he goes, hey, I brought my mom's whip to work today. And I went home with so many questions that night. <laughs> why does Jansen's mom have a whip? And why is Jansen borrowing her whip? And why bring a whip to church? And why tell me this info, you freak? Oh, point well taken. Have you never watched like a Drake so- or uh, listened to a Drake song? Uh, no, or any like, ever listened to Drake? Any like hit his like girlfriend or something? <laughs> no, that was Chris Brown. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, next time you're with a coworker and they tell you that they brought a whip to work, they probably mean car. And if they don't, <laughs> you might want to steer clear <laughs> from them. Freaky, freaky. <laughs> now, Junior, I have a hunch of why we only have seventeen thousand downloads. Okay, why? It's because the stupid word of the river. We you use. don't like? I love word of the I river. I hate it. You brought this. You said, "Hey, I got a new segment." Yeah, it's fun. Stupid. No, no one likes it. It's educational. No, it's not. It's no fun. one. I've talked to at least four people, and they all hate it. Okay, you know what? I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of propose, don't oppose. So, all right, fine. You don't like the river? Propose a new idea. I propose we go back to doing reviews. Those Nobody were, liked the reviews. Everyone loved river views. Dang it, <laughs> Cheeto fingers. That was brilliant. Some <laughs> of our best work came out of that. Okay, you know what? We're not going to agree on this. I think we need to call the woman between our walls. Welcome back, woman between our walls. Actually, I have a confession. We'll make, do this really quick, but you're actually no longer the woman between my wall. Yeah. Our wall. No. I moved offices. It's true. It's terrible. I got promoted, yet I also got demoted to a small little cubicle on the side of the church. <laughs> I'm not bitter about it. I'm really happy. You and I shared an office wall for how many years now? Ever since you've been yeah, on staff. Eight years. Yeah. And they separated us. Yes. I, but I, I get to I get to keep the woman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you, you you better not side with him out of sheer proximity. Okay, so here's the debate. Should we bring back river views or do we keep doing the awesome, super fun word of the day? What <laughs> word of the river? <laughs> Way to sell it. Um, I think let's go with river views. River views it is. She won ladies you won, and gentlemen. Junior, my anger's been all pent up for the last few weeks. I haven't been able to vocalize what really sinks my boat. What cringes my hinges? What chaps my thighs? You know what grinds my gears? What? That selfie-taken person. 
I mean, come on. One selfie, sure, whatever. We all do it. Do your thing. But why are you posting 101? Yeah, well, like, we get it. You're having a good hair day. Like, glad you're feeling great today. We don't need multiple angles. And what's even worse now, Jordan, is that, uh, like, selfie video. Selfie video? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Okay, those. it's where you take a video of yourself talking about something nobody cares about. In fact, you don't even care about it. You just wanted to show how good you look today in video form. And so you turn on the camera and you go, no. hey guys, just kind of walking into work today. You know, a little cloudy. <laughs> Cheers to another Tuesday. You, there was nothing, there, what, there was no point to that video. Listen, selfie king, selfie queen, the two dudes have spoken. You get one picture and if you do a video, it has to have a point to it. Otherwise, you really sink our boat. Junior and I just got back from an adventure through Israel. Yeah, it was an adventure. That it was. I mean, just about every part of the trip. Yeah. Learning how to drive in a foreign country, mm. camping in what people said were viper-infested areas, yep. climbing a freaking cliff. Yeah, swimming a waterfall, climbing through an old sewer, jumping over fences, figuring out Hebrew gas pumps, hearing that Israeli missile defense system yeah, go the off. Iron Dome, uh, falling near cliff. I, it, it was an adventure. And Junior, we were already pretty close before the trip, but I really think we got really close on this trip. I, we kind of had to. Like really, really close. We did. It was, uh, we had to share a pretty small bed. We, <laughs> it was a, a twin bed or full bed yeah, I don't know. yeah it, it, it was a small size than a queen bed. for sure and it w it wasn't too weird except for that night i woke up in the middle of the night and you were sitting up and you were like <laughs> you were hovering over me you, and this i is said what you claim and i said what's up and you said you said back what's up and then you just rolled over and went back to bed <laughs> and my what's up was more of like can you get away from me <laughs> I was just checking on you. How are you doing at 3 a.m.? I was jet lagged. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just a little salty because I wanted nothing more than to catch a fish on the Sea of Galilee. I could tell. It started in Capernaum. Here we are in this town that Jesus lived. Groups of people, they're all around. They're, they're praying. They're singing. They're reading their Bibles, having this really reflective, quiet moment on the beach. Where's Junior? Oh, he's over there throwing rocks at <laughs> fish in the water. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I saw a fish swimming sideways near the beach, and I thought, it's a wounded fish. I wanted to catch one. God is giving me a fish in the town that Jesus gave his disciples fish. Like, I thought this was some sort of, like, big moment for me. So I took it for all it's worth. I started throwing rocks at this fish. And then later we found out that that's just how a lot of swim <laughs> fish swim in the Sea of Galilee. They, they swim sideways. Yeah, it is weird. But it would have been sweet to actually, like, get a fish. God gave me a fish yeah. in Capernaum. We were almost kicked out of that place, though. It's true. What made it worse, though, is uh, it totally whetted my appetite to catch a fish. So we bought some fishing poles and went fishing. <laughs> and we, I got, I mean, we got nothing. Correction, I caught one massive fish. <laughs> yeah, massive. Okay, you snagged its fin with your hook. Hey, it can't. A actually, I didn't tell you this, Junior. <laughs> the fish was dead. <laughs> Serious? Yes. I spent the whole <laughs> trip envying you and it was a yeah. dead fish. Are I you was, serious? Yeah, I was right by the rock and I just snagged it with my no pole. No way. Yeah. I was wondering why I wasn't like flapping when you held it up and <laughs> shoved it in my face. I know, and then because I, I was moving it with my hand. I don't think I've ever been more jealous, Jordan. <laughs> I could tell you jumped in with your clothes on to go get closer to the fish. Yeah, yeah, and still walked away wet and empty-handed. Speaking of handed, Junior and I got some new flashy hand tattoos. Yeah. A funny story. It was our last night in Israel. Yeah. After the sun went down, we left the beach, decided to walk around Yaffa, 
which is the port where Jonah sailed from. So it's pretty cool. I mean, you can still see remnants of the dock from Jonah's time. It blows my mind. So we head into town. We have like two hours to kill before we had to, you know, head to the airport. Met this cool barber and his wife. And uh, the barber's like, hey, my wife does tattoos. Just climb the ladder upstairs. And so we climbed the ladder and asked her to tattoo our hands in two hours. Problem was, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really know what to get at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> you were so Jordan was going to get a sparrow on his hand, which is popular, right? You know the sparrow. Fun fact: sparrow tattoos were only for sailors <laughs> who sailed f- over five thousand miles. Oh, interesting. Now Jenny down the street, who's never sailed, has you know two of them on, yeah, I, on her shoulder. Okay, come on, who's going to really sail five thousand miles? It's just cool. It's it's a symbol of adventure. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It's not a symbol <laughs> of the Holy Spirit. Like so, here's Jordan. He's going to get the sparrow <laughs> tattooed in his hand, and he says to me, "It'll represent the Holy Spirit. You won't make fun of me, right?" And I said, well, for turning the Holy Spirit into a sparrow, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a dove. Hey, I didn't do it. I almost did. And then I said, okay, you know what? I just, I'll just i go with the dove. And so yeah. I got a dove tattoo. And it does look pretty pretty sick. It's just it's funny to me. Your first two tattoos aren't on the arm or shoulder or wherever people get them. You get your fingers in your hand. Uh, go big or go home, baby. It's why we're friends. Well, we, we made this poor girl race to get our hands done. And then we were late for our flight back home. Yeah, so we jumped into our whip. Sped through Tel Aviv, jumped through lines at the airport, and made it back safely. Dude, Starchki and Hutch style. Middle Eastern style. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, we're not here to just tell stories. We'll save those for future rivers. That's right. No, no, something we did quite a lot in Israel was spend time in the wilderness. We hiked the wilderness Jesus was tempted in. We slept in a tent in the wilderness area. We spent a lot of time in the wilderness. And what's interesting is scripture is filled with heroes of our faith in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, I mean, Jesus spent time in the wilderness. David wrote many psalms in the wilderness. Moses found a burning bush in the wilderness. We can go on and on and on. And the truth is, you might be in the wilderness right now. You know, you're going through a season of pain or a season of confusion or you're in the season of waiting and it's uncomfortable and it's a stressful time. It's your wilderness. If you ever ask yourself, what, what do we do when we find ourselves in the wilderness? Yeah, I mean... Like you said, so many heroes of our faith used their wilderness. But the truth is, a lot of people waste their wilderness or are defeated by their wilderness. And so what do we do? That's a huge discussion. We're going to have it. But first, we have some news. Our news for today is really the news that's all over the news. Yeah, everybody's talking about it. Ukraine. We... We're on a plane. We left from Israel. 12 hours later, turned my phone off airplane mode, and it was story after story after story of Russia invading Ukraine. Yeah. Of it's- men having to go to war, laymen who, who, who are working in their shop, now leaving their families to go and, and fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, you see some of these videos of dads hugging their kids before going off. It just breaks your uh-huh. heart. And I think a lot of times what we do is we look at these news segments and we go, okay, what can I do? You know, like here we are in the United States. Maybe you're in the United States. You're just looking at Ukraine going, there's nothing I can do here. You know, I mean, and, and, and churches are doing stuff. Like right now we're doing a collection for our church. Yeah. But then we just look at it and go, there's nothing I can do. We feel so helpless and we feel so bad. And then we kind of cheapen prayer. Yeah, well, well people, you, you hear, you know, my my thoughts and prayers. Yeah. I'll pray, I'll pray. And, and it, it seems it, cheap. It does seem a little cheap. But when you think about it, like what what is more impactful than you saying, hey, God, I can't do anything, but I know you can. Right. Like what's better than that? What's more powerful than lifting something up to the God of the universe? It, and it, we're actually being told that prayer is doing something. There's churches yeah. and pastors who have reported in Ukraine saying that they've literally witnessed missiles 
disappear out of nowhere. Yeah. Or soldiers getting lost, marching through, getting lost and stopping at the church and asking for directions. And then the church taking them in and ministering to them, taking care of the the soldiers and their enemies. Right. Like incredible. Yeah. So this is, this is a time when God works still. A lot of times we see war and we just think the absence of God because war is hell. War is absolutely hell, but there's not the absence of God. God still works through these times. And so his people must be in prayer during this. So life is all about wilderness. Wilderness. What do you What do you mean by that? Well, as we go throughout life, we go through all, all these different wildernesses. Uh, you might be in a wilderness of waiting. You know, you're waiting for that significant other, or you're waiting. You can't conceive, and you're waiting to be able to have that baby, or you're you're waiting to get an email or a call back on a job offer. So you mm-hmm. go through this season of. Well, it's a very painful wilderness. The the wilderness of waiting, or you go through a wilderness of physical pain. There's some sort of uh, ailment. You're going through chemotherapy or you're going through some sort of rehab. There might be a wilderness of relational wilderness where you're going through some marriage issues and it just weighs heavily on you. Life is all about going in and out of wildernesses. And that's interesting that you talk about the wilderness because I really think it's in the wilderness that we have the most potential to be shaped. Yeah, I like to say the word potential because so many people waste their wilderness. God wants to shape them in the wilderness and grow them, but they waste it. They just complain the whole time. So you might be going through a season of loneliness or a season of pain, and instead of being shaped, you're just wishing you were out and whining the entire time. That was the Israelites. They had a six-week journey, a six-week journey (laughs) to get to the promised land, and because they beat and moaned, they were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. They ultimately died there in misery. Died. They wasted their wilderness, and that is the majority of people. So how do we not waste our wilderness? What do we do in the wilderness? We got three things. When you find yourself in the wilderness, when you find yourself in the waiting room, when you find yourself lonely, when you find yourself going through pain, three things to do. Number one, make the best of it. Yeah, you're in the wilderness. Like you're there, whether you want to be there or not. So you can either complain about it or you can make the best of your situation. Yeah, you know, I think of David when David had to hide from Saul. And Jordan, we were hiking around where David was when he fled to En Gedi, lived in a cave. And he's been anointed king, and now he's got to wait, and it looks like he probably might not be able to become king. So he's sitting there just yeah. waiting. He's in the, he's literally in the wilderness, and also mentally in the wilderness. And as he's in his wilderness, I just imagine him making his home there, finding the best cave, finding a little corner in the cave, and trying to make it his home as as much as he can. Yeah. Making the best of his situation. I mean, that's think, where a lot yeah. of the psalms are written. Think about what came out of that. You're right, the, the psalms. One of the most read, sung, devotional books we have in Scripture came out of that time of wilderness. And so think about the wilderness that you might be in. You might be in this wilderness of waiting like David was, or you might be in this wilderness of pain, or you might be in this wilderness of loneliness, or you might be in this wilderness of financial stress. What does it look like to make the best of it? I think of my buddy. He told me that he'd love to be married hasn't met anybody yet and so he said man I'm, junior i'm just going to devote my time to getting a higher education and serving in my church and then when god does bring me a wife i'm going to be able to have more stability than maybe i had five years ago so he's just again using these years using this wilderness to make the best of where he's at there's a lady who is dying of cancer in her church and every day she'd have to go and get chemo four hours a day sitting in that chair she was in the wilderness and and she said you know what hey this is where i am this sucks i hate this but i'm gonna make the best of it 
And so there was other chairs around here. There was other people suffering and in pain around here. And she would just encourage them and she would write them notes and she would buy them gifts and she would pray with them and she would tell them about God and serve them in the midst of her pain. She said, I'm going to make the best of it. Yeah. And that she did. Yeah, or I think of my buddy who got laid off from work and was going into this wilderness of financial instability and not being able to work. What did he do? He fixed his house up and he fixed the church up. Again, just making the best of his situation that he finds himself in. So I think this is a great question to ask yourself constantly is as I head into this wilderness, I don't want to be here. Jordan, as you just said, like this sucks. I don't want to be here. But what does it look like to make the best of this situation? How can I do what David did in En as he's hiding out? How can I make the best of this? Point number two, what to do when you're stuck in the wilderness is learn the lesson. I believe every wilderness offers you a lesson to be learned. Yeah, and you can easily miss it when you're not making the best of it. Yeah, so it was the Israelites. They had a lesson to be learned in the wilderness. They were to stop grumbling and complaining and see that everything they have comes from God. And rely on God. And they didn't learn it. And so they stayed there year after year after year stuck because they didn't learn the lesson. Or I think of King David, again, going back to him in En Gedi, in the wilderness, in the caves, hiding out, waiting to be king. He's in this wilderness. And, and he's learning to rely on God. He then takes that lesson to be the best king Israel has ever. People still talk about King David yeah. today because of the lesson that he learned in the wilderness. So you think about the wilderness that you're in, it offers you a lesson. What might that lesson be? It's a financial wilderness that you find yourself in. Something bad happened financially. Okay, there's probably some lessons there. How can we not do this again with our finances? Yeah, if it's a re- relational yeah. Wilderness, maybe it's, hey, you're learning to be content in all situations. Yeah, learning how to do better marriage. Yeah. Jordan, I think too often what happens is when we go into a wilderness, we turn into victims. Oh, God, why would you do this? Why would you mm. send me into this wilderness? Why would you do And we make ourselves into victims. And when we make ourselves into victims, we miss out on the lesson. Not only are we not making the best of it, but we're missing out on the lesson. And I think that was the children of Israel's issue, is they went through their wilderness as victims. Whereas you have King David leaning into his lesson going, God, all right, God, I'm here. I'm going to learn how to rely on you. And then I'm going to take that and be the best king ever. Who are you going to be? Are you going to be the children of Israel and just whine and complain as a victim? Or are you going to learn the lesson the wilderness is offering? What a good point. And point number three, what to do in your wilderness is look for God. Yeah, for some reason, God loves to show up in our wildernesses. One of my favorite Psalms, probably a Psalm that David wrote in the wilderness, Psalm 46.1. It says that God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And I love that word ever-present because God, God's pr- presence is always with us. But it's like this, it's like God is promising, hey, when you're going through really tough times, I'm going to give you an extra sense of my presence. Hmm. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that is like, really cool. God is with you in it. He's yeah. not just, oh, man, it sucks what you're going through. I'll be on the other side. Yeah. Like, no, hey, I'm with this. I'm with you in this. I'm actually the one shaping you in this. I'm yeah. comforting in you in this. I'm giving you strength so that you can rely on me. I am ever present. God shows up in the wilderness for some reason. You think of Moses when he's walking around the wilderness. That's where God shows up. When the apostle Paul, you know, his conversion happened in the wilderness. God shows up in the wilderness. I think of the other psalm that says, you set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Mm. So God doesn't set our table for us in a castle, locked away in safety and comfort when everything's great with walls all around us. Yeah. No, he says, I set the table in the presence of your enemies. When hell is around you. Yes, right there in the wilderness is where I wanna sit down at a table with you. So you might be going through the wilderness right now and it's hard. 
and it's hurting and you want nothing more than to find that significant other. You want nothing more than to get rid of this financial stress. You want nothing more than to fix this marriage issue or, or have this baby or become healthy. You want nothing more. And that's great. Go for it. But as you walk through that wilderness, make the best of it. Learn the lesson the wilderness is offering you and look for God in the midst of it. Because when you don't, you waste your wilderness. Junior, you wanted one of my favorite parts of our trip from Israel? What? It was our very last day. And we were on the beach of Jaffa. Jaffa? Jaffa. Jaffa. We were on the beach of Jaffa and we just we probably just walked the beach for a good what? Three, Sounds very romantic. After hours. we shared a bed smaller than a queen, we walked the beach together. A beautiful ending to a beautiful trip. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a little weird, but what we did is we just, we, we, while we walked so long as we were picking up sea glass. Yeah. I've never seen so many so much sea glass. Sea, sea glass is amazing. It is. See, when I was in California, this is years ago, I remember stumbling upon this little treasure in the sand and I thought I was rich I'm like what is this because it looks like it, a gem it looks like a gem I thought yeah. I just stumbled upon some pirate's treasure yeah and I asked my buddy and he's like dude that's sea glass I'm like wow even sounds cooler what is it he's like no no it's just glass like broken glass from a beer bottle yeah that was thrown into the ocean and I was so confused but the amazing thing is what happens is that that glass goes into the ocean and after years and years of tumbling on the hard ocean surface, it starts yeah, the waves to, are hitting it. Yeah. It's being ground into the sand and into the rocks. It starts to smooth and it starts to, to form this beautiful shape and gem that comes out of it. It actually becomes frosted. The, the sand grinds it yeah. in this beautiful frosted color. And it washes up onto the shore. I like, I, I like to think our wilderness prepares us almost like that glass. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us, we have these really sh sharp edges. We all do. We have these sharp edges, these kind of rough surfaces, and sometimes we have to go into that wilderness in order to learn some, some lessons, in order to look for God. And as we leverage that, as God shapes us through sometimes the really hard wilderness, we wash up onto the shore. Yeah. We will one day wash up onto eternity's shore, and we'll look back and we'll say, the brokenness hurt. That wilderness hurt, but we will be so happy with what God has done if we make the best of it, learn the lesson of the wilderness, and look for God in the midst of it. Well, that is it for Wilderness River. There's no try it out because, frankly, how do you try out a wilderness? Yeah. Yeah. Go into the wilderness. <laughs> but I tell you what. If we do not get 30,000 downloads by the end of the season, we're all going into the wilderness because two dudes in a canoe will cease to exist and will be all your fault. And you know what, Jordan? People keep on asking, like, are we serious? I've never been more serious about anything in my life. <laughs> I'm super serious about this. You better learn the lesson. That's true. No. And look for God <laughs> in our podcast. <laughs> no, in reality, I mean, hey, if this is our last season, it's not the end of the world. The world will continue. Terribly, though. I mean, what's the world going to do without... Canoes. <laughs>